Everyday Business Solutions, the podcast that offers you the right perspective on achieving success. We interview business professionals from all over to bring our listeners the right solutions to all their questions. Season one is about change management and enabling you to both face and create change in all aspects of your company. We're talking management, sales, service, HR, and more. Let's jump straight into the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everyday Business Solutions. My name is Haley Morris. I'm your podcast coordinator and host, as always. And with me today, I have Katie Labids. I say it right? You did. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm improving all the time. (laughs) Katie is going to be talking to us about some of the different habits and things that we do um, or we could do to build and improve ourselves in our company. And we're going to really dive into the things that we could change today or we should be changing to make ourselves better. So Katie, would you mind introducing yourself and getting us started? Sure. Thanks, Haley, for having me on. So as Haley said, I'm Katie Lebeds. I'm the president of a company called Learning to Lean. And what I offer to businesses and to individuals is a continuous improvement application of those concepts. So I'll come in and I will help you to improve your day-to-day processes uh, to save time and money. So it's uh, very rewarding um, from an educational standpoint. I'm a Lean Six Sigma Master Black Belt. Uh, so that just uh, tells you that I have the ability to apply what I've learned. So, No, that's amazing. I think that's something many businesses are kind of striving for, but maybe we're not all unable to accomplish. Like we're not all enabled to reach it ourselves and then share it with our teams, of course. Right. So that being said, what are some things when you come into a business that you see them doing um, some habits that they've ingrained or processes that they've they've done that maybe aren't are hindering them when it comes to their efficiency and their effectiveness. Sure. So some of the things that I see, first of all, is still the use of paper. So that is amazing. Uh, how many businesses still have paper processes even in 2020, right? So that's always an opportunity for improvement because it's a normally very manual process. And, and we want to look to be able to automate their processes. Um, the other one is really having a culture, like you kind of mentioned earlier, having a culture that allows you to try to fix something and be okay if you don't fix it the first time. I think we're all set up for, you know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it right. And it's going to be fantastic the first time that I apply it. And that's not realistic. Um, you know, we're, we're human, we make mistakes, but having that culture and that environment that allows you to try and to learn from your mistakes or learn from your failure and then just keep going again. Uh, many companies, first of all, don't um, encourage people to try new things uh, or chastise them if they, if they have it wrong, right? And that kind of dampens that ability Yeah. So I would certainly agree. One of the things that, you know, when I came into my business that I liked was um, we sought the entrepreneurial mindset and everybody we hired, um, which not everybody can be an entrepreneur, especially when you're coming into an existing business. But our thought was behind it, not so much that we want them to build a new business within our business, but that we wanted them to come with new ideas, the ability to constantly evolve and grow 
um, we encourage that with our process and things. We always ask for feedback. We do a company meeting every month and everybody's invited to speak up. Uh, and whether that's what we're doing well, improvements, things they wanna see, or just giving shout outs to the people who are just doing stellar things right now. Right. So it does a lot for the company culture, which in return helps the business grow and just makes it a place where you have, um, you know, high retention, high engagement and free flowing thoughts and ideas, which, you know, diversity of thoughts and ideas is what builds strength within a company. Absolutely. And it starts from the top, right? So it starts from your management team or, you know, your leaders in your organization and whether or not, you know, they are speaking the language. So in my case, I train the leaders of companies to speak the language of continuous improvement and understand those concepts at a high level. Uh, and then in having them encourage people to be able to follow those concepts or apply those concepts. And again, we call the cycle plan, do, check, act. So you work on um, determining what your problem is or what you're trying to solve. You try to fix it and then you check and see if that worked or not. And then you go from there. So the act step is you either are going to implement that new change or you're going to start all over and start again and say, maybe I didn't really understand that problem well enough. And another thing with the leadership team, not only understanding and knowing that, but like you just mentioned, celebrating the wins, right? Shout outs, recognition, but it's recognition in the manner in which your team members and your company appreciate. So my background's also in IT. And I can tell you, there's not a lot of IT people that like, shout outs in, uh, <laughs> and anything that has to do with uh, attention given to them in a social or business type setting. Uh, so they are not the group that, you know, wants to um, have anything like that normally, anything like that happen. So you really have to understand the team members and what they appreciate. You know, maybe they would just appreciate a thank you card slid on their on their desk or an email that says thanks rather than, you know, let's celebrate John today because he did this great thing. And John's like, going and covering his eyes and his, and his chair, his desk saying, don't look at me. <laughs> so that's important too. Yeah. And I think we like to, we like to set a process or a way of doing things and then have it the same across the board, which can do a bit of harm, especially, you know, with the appreciation side of it. It's like you said, people are so different. Some, some teams and some individuals are going to be more quiet and more reserved. And if you put a spotlight on them, they're going to be like, Huh? They're going <laughs> to run and hide. Right. So, and you could have an adverse effect from it. So that's a really good point. And coming back to like the idea of, you know, the top down theory is we do see businesses flattening the curve that they, they want to have more communication and everything, but that doesn't mean that everybody is prone to, you know, the same thing. Somebody who's an entry level um, position or somewhere in that is not going to be held to the same standard as the CEO because the CEO is still going to be looked at more often. Uh, right. And you don't want to see the CEO coming in and slouching and kicking chairs and saying, I don't want to be at work today. <laughs> no, you don't. Which, which leads to a, you know, a good concept that I um, try to help businesses with too, because 
most of the time they recognize they need a change, but they have no idea where to start. And I always tell people, start with the process that bugs you the most. So as you're driving into work or you're walking into work today, or you're going to your office at your home, right? And turning on your computer, what do you dread doing? <laughs> you know, for some people it's, I dread, you know, running this report or creating this report or doing this other thing because it's very manual or, you know, this process takes me forever. And if I get interrupted by, you know, a kid coming to the door or somebody coming, walking by, wanting to chat, I'm, I lose my place. So I always tell businesses, that's where you start your journey. That's where you start to improve processes is you want to be able to, to make or have your employees be excited as much as they can, right? To come to work and eliminate those processes that bug them the most. And it's, you know, part of what we preach as a SaaS company is maximizing kind of what you're doing. And so with like going back to the paperwork and some of the things that we are doing that are very manual can be very time consuming. And it can be that little tidbit that drives you the craziest about your job, (laughs) (laughs) updating your systems or typing somebody in an Excel sheet or going through and fixing all the mistakes because somebody was typed into an Excel sheet wrong can be the most annoying thing in the world. I used to onboard people and if we messed up in our process and they weren't actually in the system yet, it could set me back a couple days, but they're sitting in front of me to do their paperwork right now. Um, So getting a more efficient system in in that situation or looking at IT and saying, this is what we're doing, how can you help us? Would have been so much better and would have made the program so much smoother. But if you are an Excel person or you're a paper person looking at adapting a CRM or an HRIS or whatever it is, that right. that area you're looking at could be your solution. So, Correct. And I think most people, you know, as you mentioned, HR and doing onboarding or IT, right? Most people don't believe that they should start their continuous improvement journey in a service center. So IT, finance, HR, legal, et cetera. People just think, oh, that's for manufacturing. And it's actually my specialty to be able to go in and say, you know what? It's not about manufacturing. That one's easy, right? Because you can walk through a manufacturing area and actually see the improvements. If you made an improvement in HR or in IT, right? You can't necessarily see it right away. If you're onboarding a new hire, right, they have no idea what's going on in the background, (laughs) you know, and it's no fault of their own. They're not supposed to. You're supposed to make it all look like magic. So improving that process behind the scenes is uh, more important. And I think uh, from a financial standpoint, I think you get more return on investment by doing it actually in the office. It's just not as easy to see. It's the the unconscious spending you're doing in a business. You're putting money into it, but sometimes it's not tracked as well, or you can't research, like see that return on investment as easily. You don't realize that the money you put into HR has its own return. You don't know how to measure it. Um, so Correct. you can't measure it as easily. You assume that you should just let that process that like lay, just let sleeping dog sleep. Don't touch it. Um, but coming out of the talent acquisition space and the HR space, we knew we needed an HRS and we wanted an HRS because <laughs> there's so many, yeah, time, you know, adjusting timekeeping and things like that. And there's always going to be a little bit of a kickback when you introduce change because some people are so comfortable with how they do it that change makes them pause. They don't like that pause. 
I don't like that little learning grace period that they have, but then it gets faster and then it gets smoother. And then suddenly something that took time out of your day may only be a couple of seconds or it does it automatically for you. Sure. So that's really cool. I mean, you know, we try to do it with the systems we introduce, especially with like a CRM and things like that. We do an auto dialer, which is like the king of taking out the manual work. <laughs> it's literally, and people always think, oh, it's a ro It's not a robot system. What we did is we said, you spend so much time dialing, looking up information, doing all this little nuanced stuff. And if you put it in the system, it pulls up their thing. It's easy to make a calling campaign. And then that person's contact information, your notes on them and all that stuff is right in front of you and it dials for you. So you're not typing in things. You can set it to drop in an voicemail if you want to, or you can leave it yourself. And it cuts back on all this time that you spend in between a call when you're probably in sales for a reason. You want to talk to people. Sure. Uh, so it gets you on the phone with more people. And if you're not connecting with people, it takes out that lag time that you spend just being like, oh, well, I dropped that one. <laughs> no, it's, on, right. it's, it's the now what. And it's the refreshing part of actually getting to do your job. Sure. And, and also not just, you know, the time it takes for you to put those keys in, but how many times do you make a mistake? Right. Mm. So that has a lot to do with it also eliminating the possibility for mistake. It's also called mistake proofing, right? Mm -hmm. So how can we make a process so that people um, can't make a mistake or we bring that down to a very minute percentage that can make a mistake, but doing an auto dialer is, is exactly that, right? So mm -hmm. it saves you time and then it also prevents you from fat figuring something. Yeah. So when you meant to call George and you accidentally get a hold of McDonald's, you're, you know, you're a little embarrassed right. and, and you just spent all this time calling McDonald's. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'll I go ahead and take a Big Mac, but um, I gotta go. I gotta talk to George still. That's right. I'll get back to you later. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you have what special? Hmm. You know. <laughs> so yeah, it's like you said, and with the talent acquisition, I went from two very position, two very different positions where we were literally just having people in folders, and then you would take them out of the one folder and you would drop them into your personal folder to say, "Hey, I took them." claim them, I'm calling them and following up. And if somebody forgot to do that, like our coworker, she was very fast and efficient. Um, it was the most common thing she forgot because it was such a little nuanced thing at the beginning of the process. And she would print all of the applications off and forget to move them. And then you're calling people and they're like, I just had an interview two hours ago. <laughs> it's embarrassing, but it, it also, it, it comes off as unprofessional. It slows you down. You spent time, like, you know, I'd be looking over applications I didn't need to look over because they've already gone through the process. Um, and then it's particularly awkward if they got declined. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which fortunately, I think didn't happen to me, but I think happens to somebody else. So, you know, it, it is more professional. It saves the time. And then it takes out some of that, that human error that doesn't need to be there. You know, we like the goose, the little, the little speed bumps of when you're talking in human conversation, we like the little nuances. It makes you feel strongly. Hey, I have those too, but you don't like them when it's in the process. True. Very true. Yeah. But it's not just in work, right? What we do 
in our own lives and what we do from start to finish of our day also affects that. So the little nuances of our behavior when we walk into an office or when we go home at the end of the day can affect, you know, who we are and how we operate as well. Right. Absolutely. So the way that I like to, to teach or to explain these concepts to people is ask how they can or show how they can apply these at home first. So a couple of the examples that I have is, you know, one concept is called five S and it stands for sort, set, and order, shine, standardize, and sustain, which means creating a work environment that's clean, efficient, and following that guideline. And a lot of people are like, oh, I'm just not organized. I can't do this. And I always ask them, do you have a utensil drawer organizer at home, the one that has the slot forks, the spoons, and the knives? And 99% of the time, everybody says yes. The other percent use plasticware or chopsticks or something. <laughs> so, you know, I asked them, do they use that? And they said, yes. They said, you're already doing that concept at home because do you put the forks with the spoons? Of course not, right? You keep them all separated and you put them back the exact same way every time. And, you know, those things are, you know, important to us at home to keep us nice and organized, but then you can also learn how to apply it at work. The other one that I like to, to share with people is there are a lot of people that lose their keys. There's always somebody in the group, right? And hopefully it's not you, Haley. <laughs> and what I tell people is, you know, if you have a problem losing your keys, get a small carabiner and then just clip it to your purse or your pants or whatever it is. And then you're not going to lose your keys. So every day when I worked in corporate America, I'd come into my office. I had my keys clipped to my purse and I put that in the overhead. And even if somebody had to go get my vehicle for whatever reason, they always knew where my keys were. And then if we go to some event or something like that, and you don't want to be bothered with, you know, stuffing your keys in your pocket or wondering where they are, we just, even my husband uses it, we clip it to our belt loop and, you know, your hands free, right? Your keys are right there. Um, you know, it's just, it's simple things like that. They don't have to be monumental tasks or rocket scientists to make your life better. I, the key thing makes me laugh because I worked at a restaurant for two years and my manager was notorious for losing her keys. Noto like every shift, pretty much they were gone. Um, so I got her one of those little like tracker tags that you can put on it and see oh, to yeah. your phone. So she found a new way around that. Of course she lost her phone. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> and it wasn't like, it, you know, it was within the vicinity, this really short vicinity of behind one of the, the counters. We had the bar counter and our main counter for the restaurant. So it was always somewhere in all of that chaos. But without a doubt, she could lose it. I was like, you need, she had an iPhone. I was like, you need an Apple Watch so you can ping your phone to get to your phone to get to your keys. And you need to wear it too. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't ever take it off. If you're going to charge it, just put the little charger thing against your uh, it was it was the funniest thing, but it it takes me back a little bit because there was two years of uh, lost keys, and I got it for her towards the end. I was like, and she was like, "Oh, it's magic!" So right, and it's like I said, it's just it's simple things. We have horses, and all of our horse feed is we measure it out for a month 
They're all in little Gladware containers and they all have names on them. So if something happened and we weren't home, we could call our neighbor down the street and she could come over and feed them because it has exactly all the information on there. Is it hard? No. Is it better than scooping out grain every single day? Yes. Because <laughs> we don't have to worry about it. We do it all once a month and then it's done. And it makes our process for taking care of them more efficient. Yeah, that's a good point. We had horses, but they, they got their hay and yeah, everything was just, they all got the same stuff. So they were super easy. <laughs> um, we also had enough like people who lived in the house that not everybody was ever gone at the same time. Uh, but no, it's a good point. Cause it's not something I would think of like with my dog, for example, she eats that. I have a little container for her, but if I know we're going to be gone for a while, I might pack just like the right amount of food for that evening. Like if I take her up to my friend's cottage, it's two bags then because of course she has two meals. Um, and the only downside is just figuring out how to keep my friend's dog from eating the dog food at the same time. There you go. But you know, you can apply things like that too for, you know, all of the services that are out there for like a subscribe and save, right? Mm -hmm. So that's another way to make sure you don't run out of dog food or cat litter or, you know, medicine, even medicine now, right? You can get your prescriptions and they can be on auto refill. And so that every month or whatever it is, you don't have to worry like, oh my gosh, I have one pill left. What am I going to do? <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's things like that. So how could you do that in your office too? There's um, a concept called vendor manage inventory where you can have office max or staples come in and they manage your office supplies, right? So that's very common. And so that you don't have somebody doing that from your staff that could be doing something more value added instead of going through and counting how many pens that you have in there, you know, office max or staples or whoever it is can come and manage it for you. It, it saves money because I know people are sometimes afraid of like that cost of that service that you pay Correct. for. And they're like, well, I already have the employee. Well, what money are you wasting by your employee doing that instead of their job? Right. So, and understanding um, the fully burdened rate for someone and the fully burdened rate for somebody is, you know, it's a factor of how much they get paid every year, but it's also a factor of insurance and it's a factor of the building. So regardless right now of whether or not we're actually in a physical building for your office, like we typically have been, that's, there you go. <laughs> that still takes into account uh, what your fully burdened rate is and understanding what that is for your folks. So, you know, sometimes you can do that kind of an average of that for a group of people so that, you know, if you save one hour, that it's $50, that you've saved $50 and it adds up really quick. Um, so, you know, with some of my engagements that I've had with some customers and my life experience, right, we were saving millions of dollars every year. And if you have a, a even if you have a group of 200 people, it's like 67 cents a day. It's not very much. I sound like a commercial, <laughs> you know, for, uh, for some charity, but it really is not very much every day. And if you think, gosh, if I, if I could just save, you know, less than a dollar a day, that adds up with a group of, you know, 200 people or 50 people or even one person, right? I, I'd love to have, you know, cash in my pocket rather than having to pay out bills. So. Yeah, and it comes back to a lot of these things have the side effect of maybe people enjoy their job better because 
they're not doing that. They are focusing on what they want to focus on or, you know, maybe you don't have to push somebody into overtime for that week because they were able to get their job done on time. And right. just like the mental health aspect of it, when people are relaxed and they're content, they tend to be a lot more productive. I know sometimes like there's, you know, we have the down and grind type mentality in the, in the States, but some places they're very much like, yeah, take a big lunch and, you know, casually talk. Um, we even have some of those are, you know, around like every city, there's maybe one or two businesses where their mode is a little more playful because it fits the business model and it makes people happy, but the productivity is still up there and they're still right. really doing well. In fact, they're probably doing better just because when they sit down to work, they get it done fast. Like it's, it doesn't feel like a burden. Right. And there's a, there's a fantastic book. There's actually a company in Michigan that follows that model and they wrote the book Joy Inc. And if you want to read uh, that book, it's fantastic because it really talks about that. It's, they have a relaxed environment and you can bring your, your animal to work, which, you know, that, that would be fantastic, right? <laughs> um, very much. You know, and just, the way, just the way that they manage themselves and it's very, you know, relaxed atmosphere. And, you know, now they've had to obviously adjust, um, but, you know, that's, that's absolutely possible. I think it's just, it's fear of the unknown. And the other slogan that I always listen for is that's the way we've always done it. And so if somebody says that, that's a, that's a huge opportunity for improvement, right? So, you know, in many businesses, they have been operating, you come to work, you sit at your desk, you're there for eight hours, you know, you, you're, you're there. I, I worked for a company before that we started at 730 in the morning and the manager would walk by at 730 in the morning to make sure we were sitting at our desk. That's old school mentality. You know, we can't continue to grow as a culture, as an organization, as businesses, if we continue the 1950s mentality. And it's so important to be able to embrace change and look at, you know, how can we make things better? Because the way we've always done it is not going to work as we move forward. And I think too, you know, we don't, we have a time clock and it's around this idea that people put their hours in when they're done and nobody is really like looking and checking in specifically every single day to make sure you got here right at time. And you know what? Most people start early. Most people right. stay over if their work isn't done and people are very good about it. And they'll be like, Oh no, yeah, you don't have like if it's an hourly, like we have an intern or something, they'll, they'll they'll stay over an hour and they'll just be like to get their calls in or to follow up with somebody they need to follow up who lived in a different time zone so that you know they're west coast and we're east coast. Mm -hmm. So they'll do that and then I'll be like, make sure you, you know, you put that in so we can pay. Oh no, I don't expect to. I'm like, go ahead and do it. <laughs> like <laughs> you, you worked. Right. Um, but it's always the, the things that you're like, oh, well, if I don't check, they're not going to show up or they're not going to show up on time. But actually the opposite in most cases tends to be true where, no, they're actually going to be on time or they're going to be early and they're going to be ready for work. Um, and yeah, maybe they spend 10 minutes talking with coffee in their hand to somebody at some point during the day, and, but they sit down and then they get a lot more work done and they're happy and they get on the phone with somebody and they're happy on the phone with somebody. Right. Um, and that customer buys because they just like talking to the sales rep more than, you know, they needed the product, but they liked the sales rep. So Absolutely. It, goes, it goes a long way. And it's, 
you know, those offices that are doing more things. Like I think my old office had a Thirsty Thursday where I like, I think once a month or so, they would just have a drink hour on Thursdays and they do cookies every Wednesday and they had a little cookie thing and they had foosball in the office that people would play when they had lunch and they had a bring your dog to work day. I think was supposed to be annually, but happened definitely like twice annually at least. And everybody just, a lot of people brought their dogs the dogs would be just chilling around the office and there'd be a little powwow of dogs and people petting dogs at some point during the day. I was very keen on figuring out when that was. Uh, so Right. And it's creating that culture. Mm-hmm. They're happy to work with each other. They're happy to be there. It creates laughter. It breaks some of the routine and things kind of refreshes. It's a little rejuvenating, like a fresh face wash or something. So it's, it's those kind of improvements to how we've done things traditionally and you look at okay it doesn't seem like it would create more efficiency because you're not working the entire time now or you're maybe introducing play in an environment that's not supposed to be play like for play like this isn't a daycare but it helps people mentally rejuvenate or there's all these benefits that maybe you can't calculate on the surface um, such as the increased morale increases engagement with the customers, which makes more people wanting to buy and commit and stay loyal longer, um, things like that. Absolutely. So, all right, well, we have talked about, you know, the ways that businesses can improve and the ways that individuals can improve their day um, by the little things and just kind of looking at those processes and really it starts with, like you said, the things that drive you crazy the most about, you know, it's a little nuance of entering in all that data or counting pens when you're hired to do other stuff, things like that, which can go a long way. The initial spend or the initial time to change it can go a long way in improving your work climate, the happiness of your employees and your bottom line. Absolutely. All right. So as we wrap up here, is there anything else that you would like to touch on Katie? Um, I think it's just all creating that um, environment like we spoke about before of people willing to change. Um, I always teach people also when people are coming to you and saying, oh, we have this problem or we have the situation, you want to ask them what problem they're trying to solve and what data they have to support it because data is king, right? And we need to be able to first truly understand your problem. So the thing that's bugging me and I go in and explain it to somebody, but really try to tell them what problem you're trying to solve and what data you have to support that. Mm -hmm. And something that we do here too, as well, and that we encourage is when you come with a problem, come with a couple ideas with it. So not just like supporting that it exists, but coming and saying, what if we did this? And it's a natural thing employees do, even if we haven't outright stated it to them or trained them on how to do that. Somebody, if we're at company meeting, for example, bottlenecks come up and almost always they'll talk about what's going on, how often they've seen it. And they'll be like, maybe if we did something like this and then it gets the conversation started and maybe it's not that solution they mentioned, but it gave them an idea that helped them solve that problem. And it goes so far. Right. And, and if you're sitting here listening to us and, and thinking, hey, we got it. Everything's cool at our facility. Our processes are optimized. I just want to remind you that from a statistical process, 95% of what you're doing is waste. 
So if you took all the processes in the world, <clears throat> excuse me, and you averaged them together, 95% of your actual process is wasteful. So you have endless opportunities for improvement. And your first shot at improving it will probably not be your last. And if things are going well, then they could probably go better. That's right. So we thought we were doing pretty good and then COVID hit. And I mean, we're still doing really good, but we realized there was more we could be doing to make it even better that we had all of this opportunity for growth that we weren't even looking at. And it was like, oh, you can do better, but you can do great. Like right. you can, you're doing good. You can be great. Um, so you can Perfect. be greater. Mm -hmm. No, I think this is great. And I thank you, Katie, for coming on and joining us. This has been a really great episode and I can't wait to share it with our listeners. And as a reminder for everybody with this episode is a blog post. So we'll transcribe everything you've just heard so you can look back and follow through. I'll also provide any information Katie wishes to share in regards to learning to lean her company and where you can find her and her information. And then don't forget to give us a follow, download us, and also give us your review. I love talking to listeners and I love talking to our guests like Katie, but I really want to hear what you think so that we can keep getting better ourselves. <laughs>